Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. It's a pleasure, dear Lord of God, to stand and to be in your presence. We thank you for your outstretched hand that is reaching out unto us this day to lift us up, to encourage us, O oh dear Lord, to uplift us, O oh dear Lord God, to turn around issues and situations in our lives, O King of Glory, because you sent your word. Your word healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. And this day, Father, you sent your word through your servant and your son doing. As he opens his lips, mighty King of Glory, let your voice issue forth through him. Let the anointing that breaks the yoke rest upon your son, O dear Lord of God, that in Jesus' name give him the liberty in the spirit, mighty God, to deliver that which you have laid upon his heart. And honor and glory and praise ascend unto you, because your good and your love endures forever. You said we shall know the truth and it shall make us free. Let your anointing for the truth rest upon our brother as he opens his lips. The truth shall make us free in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I say that, I'm going to go to um, Colossians, 2nd Colossians, and um, it will be covering worship, but not just only worship in itself, um, what comes with worshiping over overcoming, there's um, elements to, to worship, it's not just worship on its own, where we come victorious, should I say. So, I will start by, um, if we could all just go to 2 Colossians um, 22, or we can start from 1. When someone's there, they say, I'm with you, so I know I'm not alone. <laughs> you with me? Okay. Must be the anointing. <laughs> it happened after this. Spit loud, Mary. <laughs> Feedback. It happened after this that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon, and and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Josephat. Then some came and told Josephat, saying, "A great multitude is coming against you from from beyond the sea, from Syria." And they are in Hazazon, Terror, which is. Chronicles, sorry, Second Chronicles. Sorry. Praise the Lord! Amen! 
Do you know that's funny that you say I'm very American? Because you know what? I don't actually sit down and listen to American pastors. So that might be a message. Maybe I'm meant to be somewhere else overseas. You might carry me somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Second, second Chronicles, twenty, verse one. Yeah. You're with me now. Good. Should I start it again? Yes. Okay. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them beside the Ammonites came to battle against Josephat. Then some came and told Josephat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, Terror, which is in the Gedei. And Josephat feared. So the first thing is, I'm just going to pick up on as I go on. He feared. He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout Judah. So in his fear, he set out to seek the Lord. That's number two. He also proclaimed a fast. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So that's just the first part we're going to just go into right now. And what we see from that, like I said, he feared initially. But he only feared for a brief while. Because he went to seek the Lord. Not only did he seek the Lord, but he called a fast. With the fast, he called for prayer. And with the prayer, he called for the people to come together. So if we look at this in meanings in regards to us, modern day, Hope Community Church didn't just call the fast. Redeemer didn't just call the fast. Catch the Fire didn't just call the fast. The church across the road didn't just fast. They all fasted unitedly as one. He didn't just do it amongst the churches, but also his family. And we see in that, that there is unity. Why is there unity? Because they all believed in one thing, and that was the power of God. Now, if we just look at the word unity, it comes from community. <laughs> so, in unity there's community, and he called the neighbouring community. And if we just look up the meaning of unity, it means to be united, joined. If you're united and you're joined, you can't be separate. Who can separate you if you stand together? Nobody can. I think we even just heard that in a song, or songs that we sing here. So, um, yeah. Then if we look at that in a mathematical term, we could say unity is a unit, because what comes from unity is the word unit. And it means a whole number. It can't be broken down. An individual thing or person regarded as single and complete 
but which can also form an individual component of a large or more complex whole. And then we've got in brackets, a large area of land made up of smaller units. So although we are small, we are many because of the surrounding brothers and sisters and saints that we have. And when we come together and we unify in that, nothing can break us. And when we fast in those things, together as one, who can stop us? Because the Lord has declared it. He has said it. It's in his word. It's not from me. It says it here. Now, if we just look now at the, the power of the fasting and the praying. In Daniel 9.3, it says, Then I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting and sat clothes and ashes. So, scripture backs up that, what I'm saying. Also, if we go to, where am I? If we go to 1 Corinthians 7, 5, Bear with me, because I had my Bible, but I've left it in the car. So I would have not needed to go back and forth. I'm just using the app. And I know what they say about technology. <laughs> Always the hard copy is better. Thank you, Paul. Second Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter seven, verse two, verse five. Yeah, verse five. Says, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So, as the scripture says there, Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Did Joseph fact lose control? No. Right, he didn't. So although the fear came in for only a brief moment, because I don't know about you, but at times fear can cause you to either move hastily with a situation 
or it can do the totally opposite and cause you to be stagnant and God has sent his word already before you but because of that very fear you've missed that opportunity you've missed that moment and scripture shows you that Joseph had stayed in that place of being prayed up um, staying in the Lord's presence so that the fear wouldn't overcome and um And, um, and yeah, although that um, scripture that I've given, because if you, if you read um, before you get to that passage, it is on the husband and wife. So I don't want you to think I'm giving you scripture out of context. But nevertheless, it's still talking about us as human beings and the mind and the body and what the enemy can do. So that's why I draw from that, because that's what he gave me. So I, I just went there and I said, okay, let me go back to see. So I just wanted to point that bit out as well. Um, so also, with that being said, is that um, the Bible also tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has given us a spirit not of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind so if we go on now and we um, go back to the scripture and I'm going to read from verse 5 2nd um, Chronicles yeah, 20 25 sorry Then Joseph had stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O God, our Father, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? And in all your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to stand withstand you? Are you not our God? who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwelled in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name's sake. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence of your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our afflictions and you will hear and save and now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who you would not who you who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. 
Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. So, we see there again that um, he also, within his prayer, went back before God and reminded God of his promise. And um, I just want to say to you in regards for me, and I've heard before it's good to do, that um, what is spoken of you, um, take it back to God. When he speaks to you, take it back to God. And when you pray, pray his word back to him. Because God's word, so to speak, is his integrity. He's not a God who should lie. His word is true. We know it sets us free. So, in everything we do, in praying and fasting and coming together, let us recite God's word back to him. That in that, we know that we will be victorious. And also, it says in Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things which I have sent. It will not be void, it will accomplish. Let those two words resonate. It will accomplish and it will not be void because he has sent him. Let that be a comfort to us today that we know that his word will accomplish all things. It exceeds, he says his thoughts are not our thoughts, it will exceed our imagination. We know his word. But how often do we really run with his word? I know for me, for a fact, like I said just now, I hear things and I say, oh no, not me. But he sent his word. And here I am giving the message, but yet myself, <laughs> I don't stand on it fully enough. So, let us also in that strengthen one another to stand on his word. Because we know that it is not void. Man can speak anything over you, but God cannot. <laughs> so, with that point being said, also, if we carry on reading, and if, if you want to read through the scripture later, so I don't drag you through the scripture, you start the way you're dragging me out. And if you continue to read the scripture, you'll, you'll see that also there was a prophecy. And the prophecy was that um, the battle is won and that um, they'll be victorious and it says in the scripture that they, they, they praised God with a loud sound they praised him they, they believed in the prophecy now what I want to say by that <laughs> is that prophecy is important but what we need to remember is just because the prophecy has been given, it doesn't mean that it will happen unless you believe in it 
and you pray in it because there is a person called the enemy who knows that prophecy also and will try to throw you off of that so it is good that when you get a prophecy you continue to pray into that prophecy so you see it to come to pass that you take it wholeheartedly with faith that you know that it will come to pass because we know that in all things Jesus is the victory so with that being said if I just go to so I'm going to go to the same, the same passage go to um, the same patches but um, verse 21 it says he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the, be the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were singing praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Syria, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude, and there were their dead bodies, fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. When Joseph and his people came to take away their spoils, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were there three days gathering the spoils because there was such because there was so much and on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Beershara for there, for there they blessed the Lord 
Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Beersharif. So with that being said, the worship went before the battle. He didn't send the army who had all the armor, who had the knives, who had the swords. He sent a sound. He sent a sound of victory that brought the presence of God to them that they didn't have to lift a finger. All they had to do was look and know the battle was won. And when the battle was won, they didn't just win. He didn't just let them win. He gave them spoils that it took them three days to collect their blessings. Three days. So what is that to us? That when we've won, we don't just get what we asked for. We get an abundance. More than what we even asked for, he gives it to us. But why did they get that abundance? The fasting. The prayer. The unity. The coming together. That's why they got their spoils. And then to round it off, they worshipped, they praised, they worshipped, they praised, they prayed, they fasted, they worshipped, they prayed. And they carried the prophecy. So I, what I want to say to us, Pope, is that let us truly come together. Let us call on our brothers across the road. Let us call on the Baptist church that when we are praying and, and fighting the enemy for a thing, that we can truly win that battle because we know that we stand all in one thing and that is God. And that being said, I just bless you and thank you. Thank you.